Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to The Confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I'm joined, as always, by trusty producer, sidekick, host, friend, secret crush, Jimmy Seleski. Future father, too. I, I hope think. so. You, are you joining the priesthood? Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just assuming one day I'll probably have a kid. So future father, I think we should throw in that mix from now on. All right, but I mean, it might be a lot of things in the future. Yeah. Future dead guy. Future dead guy. Future the late. <laughs> Future Why is that not like a, a, a prefix for any like rapper or, you know, like the, the late. late something something? I could see that being like an emo rap thing. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Like the late, the um, late lore baby. Something. <laughs> the late little baby. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah. It's Halloween time. I guess it is my you favorite time that? of year. Yeah, you, you, it is your favorite time, dude. I watched like seven hours of uh, spookadelic stuff yesterday. Oh yeah, like what? Uh, I watched the entire back half of the first season of Haunting Haunting of Hill House. Haunting on I've heard Netflix, good things. dude. I think you should watch it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm normally not a big like binge right. watcher. Right. I don't trust Netflix series. Yeah, just you're more of a binge drinker. I'm really. more of a bit. I that is actually true. And um, but but Hill House, dude. I think it's one of maybe two series on Netflix that I've watched all the way through. The other the being Reba? Uh, yes. The other, the other being Reba and the other other being Cobra Kai. But even that, because uh, we had one of the guys on the podcast, so I was like, I got to watch Did it. Did you? Who? Um, one of the, um, have you seen the show? Uh, the first season, a little bit of the second season. So uh, the guy's name is Brett Ernst. He's a comic. He, he was coming uh, through Magoobies a couple years ago. And he actually plays, for anybody who's familiar with the show, Ralph Macchio is the main guy, right? Yes. And, um, well, in the show, they're all older, and so he owns a car dealership. Ralph Macchio's brother or cousin, the other guy that works at the dealership, the kind of like Guido-y guy that works at the dealership okay. that's always like fucking around. Right, right, right. That's Brett Ernst. Oh, and we had okay, him cool. on the podcast, and he was actually uh, one of the co-producers of that show, and we had him on back in 2018, I believe, or 19, early 19. He was actually talking about like, oh yeah, we're coming out with this show called Cobra Kai. Wow. Really excited. So it was you got the inside scoop. It was originally supposed to be on um, I was gonna say Red Tube. YouTube Red. <laughs> YouTube Red, <laughs> not Red Tube. That's a whole different Cobra Kai. Right, right. Which I would watch. Yeah. But uh yeah. yeah. But uh but make sure it's the karate adult when you do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Don't watch the eighties uh version on Red Tube. Right. No good. Right. No good. Um, Jimmy, mm -hmm. well, first of all, your podcast in which this fellow uh, appeared is called? Yes, yes. So I do a podcast with a uh, prolific Baltimore comedian, Eric Glazer, who I've known since sixth grade, and his older brother, Alex Glazer, a.k.a. Right. Alex G., a.k.a. Who Dug It, uh, is a frequent guest on the cast, former host of The Late Voyage Down the Amazon <laughs> and the future Who Dug It movie review right, podcast, right. which should happen. But uh, <laughs> right. we actually just did a Halloween special episode on uh, this this week as well. We did a little power hour, which I, I actually wanted you to come on, but I realized it's 
power hour is you, you, you drink, drink a, a shot, shot a beer every minute for yeah, an hour that's and crazy. you just get, I've never I never attempted that and I don't see why. Yeah, it, I was like it's Halloween theme but it's also heavily booze <laughs> yeah, theme. There's not a lot of like Yeah, there's not much going on there besides drunkenness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good episode so you can check that I out. I would came by though. I I, I kind of I like stuff like that sometimes. Watch yeah, it's fun. Get, like, it's fun. You know, it's And you know, it's only an hour so you don't get right, too right. crazy. Right, just right. by the end you're loose and yeah, saying yeah, a bunch of bullshit, but that's at right. LFTS podcast on everything. Check out the most recent episode on all your streaming platforms, right? Near you now, Jimmy. By mm-hmm. by, just the craziest of coincidences, mm-hmm. the gentleman who you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Alex Glazer. Yeah, you know he's here. Yeah, he's you, you, I tell you, just to your right. You know that's <laughs> that, that that's the guy right over there. You can't. You can't. You couldn't write this if you wanted to. You sitting, can't make this up. You can't make it's so stupid when people say that. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, you could. Somebody made it up like uh freaking, somebody wrote the Odyssey. Right. I think I can write running into my friend at the grocery store. Right, yeah. Can't make this up. You just you can't. You really can't. Uh but uh, he's in the green room uh backstage. He'll be out soon. Mm-hmm. Um oh here he is. Will you please welcome Jimmy Alex Glazer? Oh, I was like, do you have a the soundboard? The sign is on, audience. Do you have a soundboard? I've never seen that, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, awesome. <laughs> Clap um, whistle. I told Jimmy, I feel like I'm the most highly sought-after podcast guest this week, because it's Halloween week. <laughs> right. I've been right. on two. Two? Wow, it's got to be a record. <laughs> it two. is a record for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are a, a TikTok master. You you beat TikTok. I, You're... You're like the the uh, uh, I don't know John Nash of TikTok. You figured out the formula, yeah, mm-hmm. in some weird way. You you were a janitor working at a a high yeah. school, and yeah. there's this elaborate formula. It's not your fault. And all the parents came to burn me down. And, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably why they killed Freddie originally. And and not only that, but you you have a, a an Instagram movie review uh, deal going on called uh, Who Dug It. Who dug it with two G's? It's two like G's. it's like a who done it mystery, but who dug it? Like, right. did you dig it or did you not dug it? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the real who dug it. Yep. All right. Well, tell us about that stuff before we get into the uh, topic du jour. So I beca- I accidentally became TikTok famous during quarantine. Right. I think that's when TikTok was really blowing up. I was definitely too old for TikTok, but I was trying to just like experiment on it, sure. mess around. Jimmy made a lot of cameos in my TikToks. Yes. And your brother, and I think my brother was in plenty of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just became this like cast of characters. We were doing these like little skits that we made up. Right. They were totally fake, but people thought they were real. Oh. So then we just kept the story going and it was fake. And nice. we have had all these fans that like thought that we all did these crazy things where yeah. they were right. just all written. They had this uh, one particular storyline where um, my brother, who in real life is a pizza delivery boy but so he was in the tiktok and And he got didn't he have like a famous uh gif or something at one point well my brother had um uh the sausage mushroom pizza and that went viral that went viral like big time viral but that was like yeah four or five years ago people still recognize him and he still was he's still not famous yeah i mean (laughs) look as hard as like you and i and other people try Mm -hmm. and then alex comes over here and he's like i got accidentally famous on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't even on my phone or my computer i was just hanging around yeah everybody knows me now (laughs) but yeah they had this storyline where dom my brother is alex's delivery boy and they just 
just become like friends or something like that. Like Dom helped like jump his car once and like every different episode was like, I was like stuck here and like the delivery boy did this and people like really believe that it was this like wholesome friendship between this guy who befriended his delivery driver and like it, it's funny because wow. you know you know the real I, one of the things that I'm starting to learn about becoming uh, viral is we're trying too hard uh-huh, we're uh-huh. trying to actually well, you know right well here's the thing that I've noticed everything is just kind of random as far mm-hmm. as success it's just like totally. you just throw a bunch of stuff into the wind and and some of it may- that's why I've noticed recently I think this is why uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that have like one or two episodes and that's it and I wonder huh. if that's like you know people figuring like you know we'll just throw a bunch of shit out there whatever whatever catches we'll work on well, yeah you know yeah. But, uh, yeah, that does seem to be – and every time you ask someone who is successful, like, how they did it, they're like, I don't know. You know? I think it's right. like it's like the same as, like, yeah, the, just mar- the stock market. Like, you really can't predict it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like bodybuilding where you can ask somebody and they're like, oh, I did, like, 300 right, push-ups right. a day. Right, I'm Like, okay, well, if you could give me, like, a plan, sure, I would do that plan. Right. You know? Right. No and questions. I think, I think we figured out that, like, wholesome stuff performs well on TikTok – because right. the whole audience is like the Gen Z kids, and they're all so woke and so polite. Right, and so right. like we had no haters in our comments. It was all like wow. positivity. Yeah, I was like, this wow. is great. This is the best way to become wow. famous. So this country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. So I, I have a lot of insights we'll pray on for the children. Yeah. Alex to- is the original <laughs> I heart haters. Uh, <laughs> hat. <laughs> all right, well, um, guys, we are here to discuss a topic. Mm-hmm. That topic is, of course, the newest uh, Halloween film, mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, Yep, mm-hmm. which is uh, a sequel to the 2018 film Halloween, which is itself a sequel to the original uh, 1978 Eight. yep. uh, Halloween. Um, so conveniently, now we have three movies called Halloween in the series. <laughs> Excellent. How many Halloween 2s do we have? We have a bunch. Two. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Rob um, Zombie. But uh, so so, Alex, just tell us a little bit about your your history with with horror and, and the Halloween franchise and and, and all that because totally. obviously you're a big horror guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up watching horror movies with my dad. He is a oh. huge horror buff, and he oh, still wow. is. Um, and my mom hated it. She thought it was going right. to give me nightmares. But my dad would always be like, he knows the difference between what's real and what's fake. Like mm-hmm. this is just a movie. And I I don't know if that had something to do with it that he just like hammered that into my head as a kid like this is make-believe you know the difference that like i love horror movies like a roller coaster but they don't keep me up at night like i can i can watch them i get scared during them and it's like i like the suspense right right. but they don't stick with me after yeah i rarely ever get like disturbed by a movie these days and i kind of want to be you know what i I kind of want to be too i experienced that fear as a child yeah i was thinking the other day how like fear was just such a big part of childhood that i've kind of forgotten about you know like when it's getting dark, I, like there was times where I was like, you know, dreading the the nights in the darkness because I had something that was like spooking me every night, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's such a weird thing to not feel that anymore, you know? It's true. People ask me, especially this week during Halloween week, people are like, "What's like the scariest movie you've right. ever seen?" I'm like, "That's hard to really say because yeah. nothing yeah. really scares me anymore." I can tell you the, some really fun ones that were like really suspenseful while sure. watching, but sure. But yeah, I think um, my dad had a huge influence on me growing up watching horror movies. And then 
I just became a huge movie buff. I've gone to actually my brother Eric and I went to Sundance in 2016. Oh wow! I went again in 2019. Um, I've just I go to all the fe- like film festivals now, like uh-huh. Toronto and Tribeca and Wow. So cool. I just I'm a huge so you're, movie you're a fan, fan of all films and yeah. All although I always want to see the horror movies at the right, film festivals, right. That's but your um, number one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm just a big movie nerd and. I now I show the movies to my dad too because he doesn't keep as right, keep up right. with the yeah. culture now. Yeah. So I, I show him the movies now. Great. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's jump into it. Halloween Kills. This this I've never seen quite a divisive Halloween film at least since this one. Totally. Some people are saying it's utter trash. Other people are saying it's literally the best in the series. You know, it like transcends the genre. Um. I'm not quite sure where I stand, but we'll get into that. Alex, why don't you tell us first what, what your first thoughts on, on Halloween Kills were? Yeah, I think I was closer to the latter of what you said. Like, I, I think it's phenomenal. I love it. But I think there the were... scientists all... in my brain are trying to f- remember which one's the latter, which one's the <laughs> I know, and you said it a few, a few beats ago, so I was like, that was probably a bad callback. But... Um, <laughs> It's not even remembering. It's like figuring out like which like ladder means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and is it spelled with two D's or two T's? Right, right. Yeah. But um, I love it. Like there were definitely a lot of cheesy parts in it, um, right. which I wrote down some like things that made me cringe, things were that were confusing. Mm-hmm. But overall, I loved it, and I think it was because it was really made for the fans. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a love letter to the fans. So I could okay. see why like. Maybe someone who's not a super fan might right, right. criticize parts of it, but yeah. But I swear, there's there's Halloween fans that hate it too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, I've I've seen a lot. Um, what what did you like about it? I loved um all of the characters that they brought back from the original, uh-huh. and they brought back most of the actors too. Right, like they brought right. back the nurse who played Nurse Marion in right. the original one, and she was also in Halloween Two from eighty yes, one. Yes. She and was in H two O. Yeah. So she's just like a Halloween veteran at this right, point. I right. love it. Kyle Richards, they brought back, who was Lindsay Wallace, the little girl in oh, the original yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, she looked um, good too. Yeah, and um, and then Bracket, Officer Bracket, right, right, yeah. who was in the original one, they yeah. brought him back. So I, I was just nerding out on like them bringing all Absolutely. those people back. Right. Yeah. yeah, I liked all that. Um, they also they the character of Lonnie they also yes. brought back from the original. Was the the older version of him? Was that the same actor or no? So no. they they recast him, which I thought that was the most hilarious like callback because if you remember Lonnie from the first film, it was just the teeny tiniest little scene right. where these little kids were at the Myers house, kind of daring each other to go in. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Go in, Lonnie, go in." And then Doctor Loomis says my like favorite line that he <laughs> says. He's like, "Hey, Lonnie." Get your ass away from there. Yeah. And then scares the kids away from the Myers <laughs> right, house. Right. And then they just brought back this Lonnie guy and like gave him a whole backstory and like world building that was not part of the original, which I thought was really cool. Now, they did a lot of, um, I don't know if it's called a retconning, but they, they kind of did like, so I guess it would be mid-quill stuff. They did the stuff that happened after the first movie, which I actually enjoyed for the most part. I mean, it's rare that they do that, and it's mm-hmm. rare that they pull it off well. But they showed you what happened immediately after Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they already they told us last time, you know, he was captured. But I liked how they made it like he wasn't like stumble. He didn't like collapse from the bullets that hit him into the street. And then they came and found him or something like that. Like he went back to his house, which makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And I liked that uh, when he, you know, he wasn't caught really by brute force. He just kind of was in the same position he was as a kid and just kind of froze. 
I didn't notice that the first two times I saw Halloween Kills, uh, and then when I rewatched it for this podcast, I was like, oh my god, that's a total callback to when he was a little kid in the clown costume just standing in front of the house right, right. with the two cops pointing a gun at him. Yep, yep. Totally and they did like that. the frozen kind of thing, you know, like everybody's kind of frozen. And, yeah, and yeah. Oh, and uh, I liked the new Dr. Loomis stuff. And apparently that was not even CGI. I they, they just found someone that really looks like him and then had a voice ar- artist do his voice. Yes. Isn't so that crazy? They did a lot of prosthetics on his face, too, to make him look a lot like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. But I agree. When I was watching it for the first time, I thought it was like old B-roll footage that like hit the cutting room floor or something. Well, I, I thought it was like uh, what they did with Star Wars, where they you know just kind of CGI'd the face onto another actor. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, I didn't like that they added another death though in the to the like when the cop shoots the other cop accidentally. Yeah, that kind of like messes with the mythology a little too much, you know. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, just because I I liked the added suspense right off the bat, like right. the movie started off with a bang. But um, what I didn't love about that was they introduced this new officer Hawkins, who I think he was in the 2018 Halloween. Mm. But I felt like there were those other two cops in Halloween too. Do you remember who I'm talking about? I know that in this new timeline, Other Halloween, one was like one of them was Annie. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know in this new timeline, Halloween two didn't happen. Right. So I get it, but like they introduced these new cops that were, and I'm like, I feel like there's an opportunity there that they could have been the cops from Halloween two. The right. one cop ran over Ben Tramer. Remember? Oh yeah. So I don't know. I, I just found it a little yeah. confusing. Yeah. That's, well, they did actually the only... show footage from Halloween two, which doesn't exist in this timeline. Wait, what did they show? The the uh, uh, Annie's body, and when her dad like closes oh, her eyes. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah that was from Halloween two. You're right. Didn't they show the uh, the f- also there was a scene? Which movie does do you see his face? In the first, that's the first one. First one in the yeah. first, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I thought that was Halloween too. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but they did show footage like from that, second. right? Yeah, they did. And that show guy's that, name yeah. is Moran, by the way, Tony Moran. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot the actor's name, but I remember it wasn't Nick Castle who played right, the right. shape for most of the first movie. Well, it, from what I understand, like five or six people played him at different points, including um, the producer. Yeah, uh, including uh, uh, Deborah something. Yeah, yeah, I think she was the kid Michael, like from the POV. Yes, the hands because yeah, she had smaller yeah. hands. Yeah. But I think Nick Castle did most of the the you know the actual the stuff where you really get a feel for Michael. Yeah, but yeah, when when his face is is revealed, it's some someone else, different guy. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's see. Before we get into it anymore, let's read a confession. This is from our friend Pat Stork who, of course, is from Baltimore, mm-hmm. been on the podcast many times. He wanted to be on this one, but he couldn't make it. Uh, so he has a really interesting theory. The new Halloween franchise is a meta thesis on how franchises are hard to kill, and the more people who want Michael, the more unkillable he becomes. Most of Laurie's dialogue could easily be applied to John Carpenter's feelings on the franchise. Him returning to be involved is paralleled with Laurie knowing it was coming and trying every way to end it for good. Holy shit. <laughs> Mind-blowing, right? It is, actually. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's actually very interesting because right. there are, is a line that comes to mind when she's talking about, like, you know, it. he has to die, and the only way he dies is with me. And they're like, no, it's not about you. Right, right. You know yeah, I, mean? I liked. I really liked that twist. that they, Like, this whole time she thought it was about her. She set up her house to be, like, a freaking mousetrap to catch Yeah, him. yeah. And then she realized, like, it's just, I was just some rando. But yeah, I can actually, Pat always has some very interesting insight, um, and that actually, I can really, really see how perhaps uh, John Carpenter's feelings about the franchise were 
mirrored mm-hmm. in in Jamie Lee Curtis, which is probably why Jamie Lee Curtis annoyed me so f- much during that movie. <laughs> in this one, <laughs> yeah, really. I just I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't even want to interrupt your guys' conversation. No, no, so no you're good. I don't know. You're she, part of the just, conversation. Just her character. Just it. Just I don't know, man. Every time she was on screen, I was just like, can we? Can she get off screen, please? Like, I, <laughs> I understand that she's like the original thing right, or whatever, right. but like, first of all, I think I, a lot of this is aesthetic to me. I, I think I have a, a natural aversion to old women with long gray hair. I don't like that in general. I think it makes you look like a crazy witch person. Which um, I think was intentional because I'm like, why didn't they just let her have her short haircut that she has in real life? Right, exactly. right. I think she, she looks, looks great to look in real crazy. Life, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think she was meant to. Look uh, like yeah, a I think she's supposed to be kind of a basket case. And yeah. then it's like you know the whole movie they ha- they make this big to do about she's in the hospital bed and then she's trying to get up and out and then she like doesn't even make it out of the hospital and then they bring her back to the bed and it's like what was the whole point of this? Right, yeah, like yeah. you're not doing anything. You're just yeah. running around holding your stomach and being like, ow, ow. Oh, oh, <laughs> and they put you back in bed. And you're like, oh, and, I know. Like, and then she even brought cheap. up Activia for, for a brief moment. <laughs> so I thought it was very cheap. <laughs> well, very forced. The thing that kind of bothers me about her also in this movie and in 2018 is, um, well, not really about her, but about the writing is like, if we're supposed to skip Halloween 2 through 7 or whatever through H2O, right? Like, would someone really have this much trauma? That's a horrible thing to say because I've never been stalked by a killer. Right. Maybe one night is enough to have that much trauma. That's, but like, see, that's I completely agree with you. And and the thing is, I wanted to believe that Laurie overcame that. You know, I didn't. I didn't like after the first Halloween. The, the you know, I I want to. I don't want to believe that he like you know ruined her whole life. Like right. she's such a like nice, bubbly, fresh character in the first one. I want to believe that she like did the work to kind of get over it, you know, and and uh, and and st- and live a, a healthy, happy life. You know what I mean? And then so, yeah. you, the danger kind of creeps back in, you know? Right. Because um, that's what we want out of a final girl is like, right. that's why they didn't get killed because they're the strongest one yeah, to overcome yeah. it and get it past mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And like, because Halloween 2 didn't happen, they're no longer brother and sister yeah. in this new timeline. Right. So like, I don't know. It just seemed like they were sort of saying that they all happened, but they didn't. Jamie know, Lee but. isn't Michael Myers' sister? Not in this continuity. Yeah, not in that this was timeline. never in the first movie. They that was never part of the plot. That wasn't added until part two. What? Yeah. Okay. So it it does get yeah. confusing. So that bothered me about her character in this new timeline. Um, but actually, that first confessional you just read maybe answered one of my questions that I wrote that was like one of my confusing things. I was like, why? What was the whole thing about it was it was Michael's doctor's fault? Remember in the first one in 2018? Right. His doctor, who was Zartan. supposed to be like, yeah, he was supposed to be the new Loomis. Yeah. But then he actually killed or tried to kill the cop. Right, right. Because he was trying to help Michael get to Laurie. Yes, yes. And then in this new one, they were like, no, it was the doctor. He, it's his fault. Like, yeah. it's not about you, Laurie. And I was, I was just confused. I was like, is this a reference to Halloween Six, like the Curse of Thorn? Like, well, it's not about Laurie. It's all these other people that no, want Michael no, to I, get to Laurie. I Lari. think what they were saying was like, uh, the 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 only reason he went after you specifically last time is because the doctor brought like wanted to see that and made it happen. Yeah, like he in real life he doesn't have a fascination with Laurie per se. Gotcha. He just wants to kill. Gotcha. But then why come after? No, you're right, because he was just trying to go home. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't really going after. That's why he never went to the hospital in 
Halloween kills. Right, right. Because right. he's not really and after I, I think that was a cool revelation in the movie where she like realized like this whole time she didn't really need to be worried about It's not about, about it. you. Right. <laughs> so the continuity is, what you're saying is just Halloween 1 and then not 2. Yeah. And then what H two O? So this one, this this it's timeline, so confusing. yeah, this the timeline whole Halloween goes, franchise is so confusing. It is. So the current timeline we were on, which movies apply? Nineteen seventy eight, the original. Then it jumps to twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen wiped out everything except for the original. What? Okay. And then Halloween Kills, and then there's going to be a third one, Halloween Ends. Right. But that's not going to be the last Halloween ever made. Of course I not. I hope not. But it, I think it'll probably... I, I think uh, they've realized you can reboot whenever you want, whatever yeah, you want. Yeah. People will still enjoy it. So I, I think it'll be the end of this continuity, but I'm sure they'll start a new one. Yeah. Whether they do a new Halloween one or they do some kind of sequel, retcon type of thing. But yeah, these, these series will never die. They're just way too profitable. And yeah. in 2018, made like I think it's literally even adjusted for inflation the most successful slasher film of all time. Really? Yeah. Despite being released. Wait, 2018, you mean? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because this one did well, too, despite being released on Peacock the same day. Right. Which is wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. What's your favorite um, timeline out of the whole franchise? Oh, man. Well, let's let's list them. You got your... I mean, I would would put the first Halloween as its own timeline alone, because, like, a movie like that is just... It can exist on its own. You know, it really doesn't need the other the other ones. And then there's the timeline of Halloween, Halloween 2. Um, and H2O, right? Well, yeah, but I feel like that would... I feel like originally Halloween 2 was supposed to be the end. Oh, true, true. I feel like that's its own thing. True. And then there was Season of the Witch, which was completely out of the universe and mm-hmm. something else. Are you familiar with that, Jimmy? Yes. There's yes. one sequel that had nothing to do with the others. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that one still. Really? I kind of like it. People, I've, I've it, grown to appreciate it. It's had a resurgence with mm. horror fans in the past 10 years where they're like, no, it was actually good. Right, right. And I'm like, I still don't really like it. What's the little girl's name in all those? Well, that's four through six. Yeah, it's another continuity. Oh, she's not in three? No. Okay. Well, what's her name anyway? Well, the actress... Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie. Daniel Jamie. Harris. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, plays yeah. Her. Okay. yeah, that's right. Jamie. So okay. then the other continuity... So then three didn't work, so they scrapped that idea because they were going to do like an anthology. And then they realize they have to bring Michael back. So then you have a, co- a continuity of one, two, four, five, six. True. Um, which is like, you know, that's kind of the main continuity that I would think of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which none of it makes any sense because Michael was burned to a crisp at the end of two. Loomis yeah. was clearly blown up, but they brush it off with like, oh, they were in a fire. They almost died. It's like, <laughs> come on. You got to give me something better than that. Um, and then they made Halloween H2O, which was because Halloween 6 did not do well. Uh, so they, and this was actually the first time I ever noticed a, 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 a retcon in a film franchise, and it blew my mind. Hmm. Like, where in H2O, like three, they, they started basically with part two, the last one that Jamie Lee Curtis was in, because she returned for H2O. Mm hmm. And they didn't. They didn't completely say. They didn't like come out and say that three, four, five, and six didn't happen, but they pretty much imply it. But they do actually. They throw a little bit of a bone where they say like uh, she faked her death in a car accident, which was the you know in the other ones. So it was like a retcon, but uh, just a little bit of space you know left. Yeah. If, if you really want to shoehorn in the other sequels, you kind of can. Right. You know, and they set it away from Hattonfield, so there wasn't issues with that. Mm-hmm. A retcon, what is the definition of that? 
retroactive continuity. So that's basically meaning like you're kind of going like what we're talking about now. Like you kind of just make a movie that ignores a large yeah. portion of the continuity and just you kind of pick up where you want to leave off. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, is it's, it or, is, or? or it's just changing a backstory, you know? Mm, I guess okay. it can be a lot of things. Like in comic books, they'll kind of do that. They'll like kind of alter the backstory, you know, or like kind of re- redo it in a slightly different way. Okay. okay. Um, cool. But so then there's that continuity of Halloween 1, 2, H2O, mm-hmm. and then that horrible sequel to that, Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's its own continuity. And that's like the, the last... That's like the death of Michael, as far as we can tell. You know, like that's yeah. the last Michael of that whole uh, genre, era. Um, and then that did so poorly that they scrapped it all and did a total reboot with Rob Zombie's Halloween, where we start from the beginning, and none of them happen in that continuity. And then there's a sequel to that, Halloween 2. Uh, and then they scrapped those and uh, started back over with the new one that is, uh, you know, the 2018 is technically a new part two. And this mm-hmm. is a new part three. Mm-hmm. I liked the Rob Zombie Halloweens. You know, I when it first came out, I despised it because mm-hmm. I was such a purist. Like the original Halloween is probably my favorite movie of all time. Wow! And I love how it's about suspense and right. it's, it wasn't gory. Sure, it's the anti eighties Friday the Thirteenth right, like right. slasher stuff. Well, it's like it was a slasher, but it was about suspense. Yeah. And Rob Zombie is just so about like being crude and over right. the top. Yeah. So I hated it. But now I've actually grown to really like it a lot. And okay. I've grown to like Rob Zombie's movies a lot. Cause I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like he's sort of being um over the top in a in a self-aware way. Almost like huh. John Waters. Like huh. he's so he's sort of like he's like it's trashy, but like I'm in right. on the joke. Right. Yeah. I liked I liked the fur I kinda liked the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Like I'd say they're way more interesting than like part five or like Totally. Even part four. I'm trying to make sure I'm recalling them correctly. The Rob Zombie ones really kind of take a deep dive into Michael's childhood, right? Yes. Yes. I enjoy that. Yeah. I think that, you know, not to jump too far ahead in the conversation, but one of the problems that I had with this because I was I watched it last night and and maybe part of it was just like fatigue of just watching four straight hours of Hill House beforehand. That like mm-hmm. by the time I got around to watching this one, I was just like, I, I, I there's not a bone in my body that can be scared anymore. I'm invincible. <laughs> but like I don't know, it just seemed like I couldn't put my finger on the plot. I mean, literally, I couldn't put my finger on a plot for the movie. It was like because it started off and picked up, which I didn't realize that like. Probably watching the 2018 one was important for this one, uh-huh. um, and I hadn't seen it since 2018, so it's not exactly fresh in my mind. But like they had little clips that were like, "Oh, him falling the cages out." Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, right, right. and it picks up right there. So this movie starts off with basically just Michael Myers like on the loose again. You know, it just kind of starts mm. there, and there's and then it's just him going around killing people. And I understand that is what a slasher is, but there's something in me that really wants. You know, you got this kind of mysterious figure, this this dude that's apparently just a dude, but he also can't be killed, and he just keeps coming back. And 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 nobody has really, besides in the Rob Zombie films, really tried to, to explore the backstory and the element and what he really is, as opposed to just having a movie. And I will give it to like the kills in this one were were good. I mean, like they were like yeah. over the top, cutting people with power saws. And one thing I didn't really understand was um. And again, I'm not as familiar with the franchise as you guys, but I don't remember Michael Myers really having like a a wit about him in 
like when he's like no. when he like lined up the two dead gay guys in like their picture you know what I'm talking about? Right, right. And then, like, he, like, had, like, the the person hanging from the swing in the park with the mask. And it's like, is that what Michael Myers does, though? Uh, in the first one, he kind of did. Like, he set up the bodies oh, in the babysitter's right. house. That's you know? true. He put Judith Myers' gravestone, tombstone behind Annie. Hmm. Right? Like, I don't think it's so much like a wit. I think he's, like, it's like a weird serial killer kind of fetish type of thing. You okay. Know? I actually heard an interview with David Gordon Green, the director of these new ones, and he was like, we all know Michael Myers has a sense of humor about his kills. And I was like, does he? Like, since when? <laughs> and I, so I kind of had the same reaction. I yeah, was like, okay. it was a little... But you know what was interesting? I made a note. I also am a huge fan of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, of course. Uh. And like, well, the remake I like too, but... Um, I feel like there were a, a couple homages to that in this movie, like... Mm. The couple in the beginning, which was totally a reference to the couple in Halloween 2, the older yeah, um, yeah. couple, but right. then this new one, it was like the black woman and her white husband, I assume. Yeah. And um, and I, I don't know if they were maybe comedian, comedians or something, because they were really funny. Uh-huh. And I feel like um, Danny McBride and has brought some comedians into these. But when they're being killed, Michael... She's still alive, and Michael puts the husband up on the table and just starts like cutting yeah, him up and make, makes her watch that. Yeah, and he's like testing different knives. He was like grabbing different yeah. ones and stabbing him. And it reminded me of Texas Chainsaw, the original, when I think the girl is on the meat hook, but she's still alive, and then her boyfriend is on the table and starts getting cut up with the chainsaw. Right. And she has to watch that happen right. on the kitchen table. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, that's a, kind of a cool homage, but not really very Michael. Yeah. And then they did it at the end, too, when Allison, Judy Greer's daughter, watches her boyfriend get killed on the staircase. And Michael looks at her and, like, makes her watch her boyfriend get right, killed. Right, yeah. And I was like, all right, now this is a little bit too repetitive, and this doesn't feel very Michael. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Jimmy, what were your, as the casual Halloween franchise fan, what were your thoughts on Halloween Kills in a nutshell? Uh, well, the most casualist, casualist observation I could possibly make as a weekend warrior of the franchise is didn't like the name. I don't like the name. Really? Halloween Kills. What, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> it's saying that the Halloween, the, the, the holiday of Halloween kills, although this clearly takes place after midnight, so it's probably not Halloween. Mm-hmm. November 1st kills. It could have done better. <laughs> I already went into Jamie Lee. Her character annoys me. Um, I respect the character, but she's becoming... To the storyline, it seems like they're making more of an effort to have her in it because of who she is oh, in the in the absolutely. legacy of the franchise, as mm-hmm. opposed to who yeah. she, what role she actually plays right, in, right. The, in the advancement of the plot. And it, it's almost it, it was a detriment. Every scene that she was in was just like, why is right. this happening? Well, I don't understand why they didn't make her the new Loomis. Like then she would have had a oh. reason for everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. then she would she would be hunting him, so she'd be involved, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't really care about her. But continue. Yes. yes. Well, I, I was gonna say, you know, she's obviously gonna be in the next one. I hope when when they do reboot it, they they just ditch that. I mean, we get it. We get it. Jamie Lee is still alive. Who cares? <laughs> um, let's see. I, I already dipped into the plot. Um, you know, I like I said before, I think that, you know, and, and maybe that is against maybe maybe the whole purpose of the slasher, a pure slasher, is that it's just a guy going around killing people. And I understand there's a market for that, and I understand there's an appeal from to that. But you know, it's kind of like I I personally appreciate movies that take a more uh when you guys were talking about 
before the uh, well, not before, but at the very beginning of the podcast about how like you as a child you kind of exist in this realm of fear, and then you, you, it's such a powerful emotion in your everyday life, and then the older you get, the less you know, fear you experience because fear ultimately comes down to the unknown. And the older you get, the more you're familiar with things and the less unknown there is, the mm. less uncertain is. I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I did think it was interesting. I watched this one Vsauce uh, video about the difference between horror and terror and horror, of course, being like a blatant, like terrified of like a, a slasher or something like that, a guy trying to kill you. Whereas terror is more like a creepy type of feeling uh -huh. terror being he did this thing he was like you know terror is a weird word in the english language because you have something that's terrible but you also have something that's terrific uh, which means that it, there's this this uncanny type of like the thing that makes something terrifying is that you don't know it, there's a creepiness to it yeah. it was about terror read too terror <laughs> <laughs> is that terrific or terrible i'm not sure <laughs> but it's kind of he was kind of delving into it's actually very interesting about I think that that's kind I think that um the Halloween films in order to appeal to me and I know there's people that would you know as a casual viewer agree with this to take a more terror route as opposed to sure. just a straight up in your face right well that's that's the that's the great fallacy of the entire slasher genre is that what was great about the original Halloween, in my opinion, it wasn't the 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 that it was on a holiday necessarily. It wasn't that it was teenagers getting killed. It wasn't that there were murderers happening on on screen. It was the atmosphere of dread, followed by an extremely uh, tense last final act. Mm -hmm. I mean that that last fifteen minutes or so is like the most suspenseful fifteen minutes in cinema history in my opinion. And that's really what makes it great. And uh, even now, like it doesn't scare me when I watch it, but it does really put me on edge. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It makes me yeah. feel like anxious and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I feel like really the only other movie that really captured that third act correctly, in my opinion, was the original Halloween 2. Huh. Well, I think you guys were right when you said that, um, or you said this, and th that it was kind of like a love letter to the fans. And I think Halloween as a franchise kind of has to walk this line of appealing to the diehard fans, but also appealing to a new market of potential fans. And this particular movie, because I have in passing watched every single Halloween movie, mm -hmm. um, just because you know I, I've, but I'm I don't you know if we're you, on every Halloween. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, that. exactly. And it's like you know I've seen them all. I, if you were to name a scene or name a character, I wouldn't be able to pick out like oh that's from Halloween three. But right, I've seen right. those movies. You know, I'm finding it difficult to see how the new reboots would attract new fans to the series like right. kids growing up now that aren't going to be super thrilled because they put this easter egg in about oh right, that's right. the original officer yeah. from the original movie and it's like yeah. i understand that those things are done because the the diehard fans of the franchise want to see that but it seemed a little bit too angled in that direction versus taking a new fresh look at the story itself to try to really appeal to this generation of movie watchers you know yeah yeah i hear you i mean it feels like they kind of tried for that in the 2018 one with having the teenagers you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh yeah this one was almost completely like it i mean almost everyone was like over the age of 35 mm -hmm. at least they got yeah. killed as far yeah. as i can remember yeah there's like I, was there any teenagers in this other than like the granddaughter and her boyfriend but they weren't even in it that right, much, right. Yeah. Like, yeah 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 
but and, I like that. I like that it's not like the same old thing, you know. Yeah, this one felt different. Like, say what you will about it, it it at least was interesting in that it was like a different kind of story. You know, it wasn't like, um, you know, up oh, Michael shows up next Halloween and there's more stalking and killing. You know, like there's actually some motivation. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the the town getting together and becoming a mob type of thing. Now, yeah. I'm sorry. I also want to ask you guys this because yeah. I'm curious myself about how fans of the franchise feel about the fact that he was demasking this in this one. Don't you feel like, you know, it's almost like it's almost like uh there's certain things that that are almost sacred, you know, in in Laura I think about with music like, you know, Weezer covers Africa and everybody's like, "Why? Why did you cover Africa?" You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you're not that 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 song doesn't need to be covered. Nobody's going to do that song better then Toto did it. You know what I mean? And there's just things like that, like you don't fucking re-record Stairway to Heaven. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. It seems to me like uh, a movie almost has to earn the right Mm. to be able to take such a long-standing thing throughout the entire franchise, which is you only see Michael's face for a split second in the first movie from 33 years ago, you know? And now, or, or I'm sorry, 43 years yeah, ago, 43, 43 yeah. years ago. So almost 50 year standing thing of you don't see Michael's face. And then they come out with this kind of, in my opinion, lukewarm movie in 2021. And they just really lay hard into like seeing his face. And it's like, if I were a fan, I'd be like, dude, you didn't earn that. You don't <laughs> earn having this big unmasking in this movie that otherwise was not that groundbreaking. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just me as a casual fan. So I'm interested to know how people that are diehard fans of it are like, is that where we wanted to see the unmasking? Is this the movie that they do it in? Because I don't feel like that movie deserved it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, I feel like um, I, so one thing I did like about this movie was the last one kind of failed in a way where they were kind of pr- promoting it as like this, like, masterpiece you know what i mean like this is going to be like as as good as the first one where you know it's like we're really it's going to be like a simple story again and it's you know and it it failed in that honestly Mm -hmm. but it was a good slasher movie you know Mm -hmm. it was a fun movie it was well made it was worth watching um so i feel like this this one kind of embraced that they're like all right we're we're not going to pretend like we're going to make a great follow-up to the original we're just going to go to crazy sequel land you know where all sorts of nutty stuff happens and at this point, with all the continuities, I'm like, that's fine. You know, just mm-hmm. do whatever the hell you want. We'll get another continuity going in a few years. You know, it's <laughs> like there there is something about the like uh like Alex and I were discussing before the podcast, there is something appealing to me about the crazy sequels. Like I you know, I think it like goes back to like as as a as a cinema lover, I can say, you know, like Halloween, the original is like just a great piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I still have like an affection for like you know six and seven you know like yeah I, yeah it, it, and I think it like kind of goes back to, I I don't know I just like the idea of continuing a story you know and just pushing it as far as you can yeah mm-hmm. just for the hell of it it's like it, that doesn't ruin the first one for me you know when I'm mm-hmm. watching the original Halloween I'm not thinking like this is the same guy who in twelve years is uh, involved in a cult that uh, right, right. you know worships the constellation thorn in the sky yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, I liked that they went more over the top in this sequel mm. as well because I was a little bit like a, I thought the last one in 2018 was a little bit of a sleeper. Right. Like it was a little bit too slow for me. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I liked how this one right off the bat was right. like very suspenseful. I didn't love how they went into more of like Jason Voorhees territory. Like 
they made mortality. Mike, they made and they made Michael so angry in this one. Like yeah, he was yeah. like brutal. He was stronger. He was right, right. moved faster. Like right. so. I th- and I think that has to do maybe with a lot of the executives at Blumhouse grew up in the '80s and they were probably more fans of those like right, yeah. '80s slashers. But um, so I didn't love that. Um, but I actually didn't mind the unmasking because I liked how it added to the lore of Michael that that's like the only way to beat him is mm. like his insecurity of not having the mask on. Like right, right. that's what got him to stop in the first one when Laurie took the mask up. Oh, and then oh, I never thought kind of really. it. It, yeah. it stunned him for a second, and he yeah, was like, oh, yeah. I had to put it back on, and it gave right. her a beat to like not get strangled. Right, and then right. in Halloween Kills, Lindsay, who is played by Kyle Richards. She does the same thing when she's being choked at the car. She lifts his mask up and then he stops choking her and puts it back on so she gets to get away. So I was like, that's kind of an interesting part of his lore that like yeah, maybe that's his yeah. kryptonite. I wonder that why that wasn't part of the capture scene, like with the cops, you know? Yeah, true. And so when they took them, and then I loved how there was a part where Tommy Doyle, who's played by Anthony Michael Hall in this one, which mm-hmm. I loved. Yeah. Um, he said something to the angry mob. He was like, when you try to catch him, you have to trick him. Pretend like you're going one way and then go the other. And um, I thought that was in, an interesting callback to the original when Laurie opens the windows but then cl- hides in the closet because she wants it to look like she jumped out the window. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. And oh, then wow. He, he goes up to the window and then he turns around and realizes she's in the closet. Oh, I never noticed that. And I thought that was cool in Kills when she runs away with the mask. Uh-huh. It combined those two right, right. motifs yeah, where yeah. like... He needs his mask, and then he gets tricked there, and then they're all waiting for him like a right. trap. So I, I kind of liked that part of it well, a little bit. I have a couple questions, too. Number one, uh, just to make this clear, maybe you guys can help me clear this up. When exactly does evil die? <laughs> <laughs> tonight. tonight. It is tonight. Okay. Tonight, tonight baby. Tomorrow night, because it's Halloween Eve right yeah, now. Tonight's, oh, that's true. tonight's mischief right. night, baby. Oh, but true. the other question I have, is okay, so they establish in this one Michael is not a regular guy, he is a supernatural being who gets mm-hmm. stronger from everybody, every person he kills, mm-hmm. which I, I'm kind of okay with because, like, they almost went too human with the 2018 one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, the, the original, he was a normal guy, but he, you know, Loomis believed that there was something more inside of him, yeah. Um, now, when so does that power did is it almost telepathic in this one? Like, wasn't there times when, like, people would aim a gun right at him and the gun just wouldn't go off? Oh. I think that that was more, uh, well, in, if I'm thinking of the scene you're referring to, the scene where the, uh, the two women and the guy are in the car. Yeah. Lindsay. Which is very, very 21, 2021 to have the two chicks in the car with the gun and the guy just sitting there like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, of course, of course. You got to, you got to throw that one in there. But like, you know, and then she's like shooting him. And then, you know, they, I think that was more like she had just shot him too many times. Ran out, out of bullets. bullets oh, okay. is how you know, I thought. Yeah. yeah. They ran but out of bullets. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Right, right. I feel like there's other things with that. Like when they're shooting him at the end, like the bullets are just kind of like missing or like going into non lethal places, you know? Mm. Well, it's also very realistic considering you have a bunch of civilians who probably have never shot a right, gun before. That's true. I think it's less I think it's less realistic if they're freaking nailing him from 20 yards out. Like go ahead and shoot a pistol. See how yeah. see how easy it is to shoot something with a pistol if you've never trained before. Right. You know? Right. right. I suck. I thought of it more as like in the original when Dr. Loomis shot him like six times or whatever, however many times, and then he fell off the balcony and then he was still fine. I was just like uh, bullets, they're not going to do anything to him. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Don't know. yeah. 
But it, it always becomes a weird gray area where it's like, okay, so what if you cut his head off or like what if you I know you cremate him or something? I mean, in this one, they were even like, it doesn't, even if he's not here, his spirit is still here, you know, which I guess yeah. is kind of saying like it because it made the town go crazy, crazy. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about that guy that they thought was Michael Myers and they chased him all the way up? What was yeah. up with that? I liked that. I liked that. It was confusing the first time I watched it and then I didn't, I got it more the second time I watched it. They uh-huh. just thought he was the one just because he well, looked well, crazy? Well, they mentioned, there was a news report where they mentioned the bus escape from the previous movie uh-huh. that w- would have been the night before. Mm-hmm. And they're like, two inmates got away. Mm-hmm. And so we, we realized there's a second uh, person from the asylum on the run here. Got it. Got and it. So they're not, the, the crowd thinks that that's him. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And this reminded me of another classic horror movie trope, which I think I talked about with Eric on, on our show, but... The thing that annoys me the most in in horror movies, there's two tropes in movies that I cannot stand. The first is the single piece of duct tape over the mouth, which you talked about. I can't stand that, where they just take <laughs> yeah. they just take a single piece of duct tape and put it over the mouth, and they're just like, mm. it's like, give me a piece of duct tape right now, put it over your mouth, you can talk. It's just open your mouth, <laughs> right. just open your mouth. Unless they literally wrap it around your face sixteen times, you're talking. I right. hate that trope. You see it all the time, and it instantly takes me out of it. The other trope I cannot stand in horror movies is this idea that kids aren't scared of shit. Like when you see a goat, when you have a, like a little four-year-old kid in a room, and there's a ghost, and then the mom comes in, and she's like, "She's my imaginary friend, mommy." Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, were you not four? I was scared of everything when I was four. If I yeah. saw a haunted old lady in my room, I would have been <laughs> fucking shitting my pants. But kids are just like, they're not scared of anything. There's that scene right, when the right. kids are in the park and then they're all on the swing set and the fucking little girl is like, yeah, there's this guy in this white mask who's like being really creepy, but like, fuck that guy. It's like, yeah. when I was 13, if there was a guy looming yeah, yeah. at the edge of the fucking park, we're out of there. I don't know what we're getting this idea that kids aren't scared of shit. They're, they're scared of shit. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just a. It's just every scary movie. Right. Dude. That's a good point. That's, and monster me. movie like E. T. And yeah, stuff, you know they're not like, scared. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, those are good points. Uh, let's read one from Serena Dunford, Mariposa, California. Meh. The best parts of the movie were the nods to the original material. The whole town fights the evil arc ends up being pretty weak, and when Michael straight up kills everyone without a hitch. Laurie Strode is barely in it, Jimmy, and the guest appearances from the first Halloween are almost all disposed of without hesitation. Seriously, these people survived the last 43 years to be immediately off. Technically 40 years. This takes place three years ago. The kills mm-hmm. could have been fun, but I dislike the wholesale killing method of it. The deaths mean very little when the victims are lining up for slaughter by an unstoppable man. It was a fun drive-in feature for the holiday, but otherwise I probably wouldn't bother watching it again. Now, that, of course, brings up uh, uh, the elephant in this movie, in the room in this movie, staring <laughs> out the window. Um <laughs> The kill count is just insane. Like the, mm-hmm. the last one, kind of established like we're we're this is a more realistic world, you know. Like this is the real world. This isn't like crazy horror movie world. But uh, they went. I mean, I think there was like thirty something murders in this. A really? guy who killed three people all those years ago oh, is now right. killed entire like fire 50 department people in That's one right, night. The whole fire department is that can't be. There has to be a point to that, other than. Amusement, right? Like, it's got to be some some meaning to that. Am I wrong? Maybe it was kind of like making fun of what slashes have become and like how crazy right. and because that part bothered me when he killed all the townspeople in the final scene. 
I was like, and same with the firefighters. Yeah. I was like, that was a little over the. Why top don't you all me. go after him? At, like that, that's like kind of an action movie trope too, where like just one guy goes to fight one at by time. one. The yeah, other ones like yeah. stand around. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you can just jump on him and take him out right now. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, dude. Uh, but that being said, I liked I liked the kills. It, it, to me. This would have been a much better Jason movie, though, honestly. Right. I wish they would do something similar with Jason. Like, Jason, mm-hmm. you can just have fun with. Yeah. You can just make it a crazy splatter flick, uh, all sorts of backstory stuff. You can, there's, there's so much, there's no, there's like with Jason, even though they didn't really retcon it at all, except for the, the remake or whatever, mm-hmm. they, the, they never, their continuity was so mixed up that there was never really like one story of what yeah. was happening mm-hmm. with Jason. Yeah. So you can have fun with that, you know what I mean? You can make like a fun, bloody, like, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a death ballet type of thing going on. I do agree with um, her Serena. part of the confession, Serena, when she's talking about, you know, these characters that have survived the timeline for 40 years just, you know, pop up and right. it's cool to see them and they're instantly killed. Yeah. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's almost, you know, I, I kind of felt that way too, knowing that, like, you know, and and even like I said, a casual viewer, I didn't register like, oh, that's the original nurse from Halloween too, and that's this guy, and it's like, they all made it, and that was right. like a big part of the movie that they made it, yeah, yeah. and then they just pop up forty years I later, know. like, oh hell yeah, it's that, oh he's dead, yeah, and I wanted to see <laughs> yeah. Tommy more, I wanted him to be I in know. the next one, they kill him off, that was really disappointing, and it's just like, there's no way. There's zero realism. There's no way in it, that there's a serial killer in history or a mass murderer that killed like 50 people in one night without a gun. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah, never yeah. happened, never will happen. So it's like, you know, I, hopefully there's some kind of meaning to that that'll come through in the next one or, or whatever. But yeah, I guess it didn't bother me how quickly they died just because, again, I think I'm looking at it more as a super fan. Like, uh-huh. I was like, this was like a, a, a love letter to me. Like, I get to see these characters again. <laughs> But I get that they have to die. Like they have a lot of stuff to cover in this hour and a half, or however long it was. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was disappointed about Tommy um, and the nurse, but I was happy to see them again. I uh-huh, guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tommy had some good scenes too. He was like the town leader. Like, yeah, yeah. I liked he, him in it. When he grabbed the bat behind the bar and like went out there, just like fearless to go after Michael. I was like uh-huh. getting all amped up about that. Like, right? Yeah. It was yeah, cool. He was a cool it. character. I did notice too. There's a pretty big contradiction from the 2018 one to this one in the in the like plot motivation where they kind of made it a point in the last one to be like, you know, this wasn't that big of a deal. Three people were killed 40 years ago. Like that's, yeah. you know, like uh, that, that's, that's a, you know, something that would be like talked about here and there, but it's not like the whole town is like, you know, yeah, still suffering from that. And then in this one, they kind of completely flipped it and, and made it like, you know, this is like the worst thing that ever happened. And, yeah, we and, can't move past it. Right, right. Yeah, it was right. like a, like a freaking you know uh, tragedy that that no one can forget type of thing. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit contradictory. Are we are we jaded because we are from Baltimore? <laughs> We're used to hearing three about that. people in a night. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a slow day. <laughs> it does kind of yeah. It Amateur goes hour, in the same way you're saying that that Laurie's level of trauma doesn't. Add, it, it makes more sense that you know if she was involved in that like 
if you're chased through a building by a, a guy with a knife, I could see that sticking with you for a while. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that's right. not, like, not going to be like, oh yeah, I, I was. That did happen. Yeah, no, I'd forgotten about that. What a night! Like it's like no, like you're gonna remember that. But the town, like I, it, it yeah. makes more sense that Laurie would be the way she is after just Halloween one. But for the entire town to be that right, way after yeah. just Halloween one, it's a yeah, bit of a stretch. Yeah. You and, almost need the other. 12 movies to justify right. the level right. of trauma that the town is experiencing. But I yeah. think it also makes sense why these characters that they brought back died so fast because it's like they weren't being attacked for the past 40 years. Like that just happened to them once. Like, yeah, like yeah. Tommy and Lindsay, they just saw him walking up the stairs and ran out of the house screaming. Like, they didn't become unless they were like it took martial arts after that for the next forty right. years. Like they're they're not going to be expert fighters. Yeah, and, that's that's another thing I didn't like about Laurie's characters. Like there there are people who have survived serial killer attacks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, none of them have even become like crazy survivalist types. Let alone turn their entire house into this trap. You know, yeah. like could you imagine if like somebody who who like survived Jeffrey Dahmer or something? You know. Like, <laughs> Went to yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, that was my qualm with the uh, the first the the 2018 was was they just they just took this arc of just making her this crazy insane badass bitch, which is just like I don't know. I just I just don't care. Yeah, I would I would have liked her to just be like an older woman who like lived a, a full life and like didn't let this thing take over her life. Like the way she and was then, in H two O. And then maybe yeah. the evil, she's an alcoholic. Even, even that yeah. I thought was too was too like I want I want her to be like someone who overcame it, moved on with her life, and then evil starts creeping back in. She starts seeing things, you know, like give me a Hitchcockian yeah. type of thing about a woman who. Went through a trauma a long time ago. She's forgotten about it. Most, I mean, not forgotten about it, but it doesn't like haunt her. And then, and then maybe she like sees something, you know, in the paper, like, oh my god, this guy might still be alive, type of thing. But even yeah. with H two O, I think it made more sense because in that continuity, it's her brother. That's got to mess with you a little bit right, too. Yeah, that like, yeah. oh my god, who were my real parents? Like, so there was at least more. See, I didn't to realize it. that in these new movies, it's not her brother. Right. Until right. we're having this conversation now. Because yeah. I was so used to that continuity. I thought that was a given. I thought that was just it's I I didn't even realize, I guess, you know, and we watched Halloween, the original, fairly recently together. I thought that that was established in that movie as well. I don't know. Right, I, I just yeah. everything's a blur at this point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the fact that it's not her brother, it's like, why do you think this is about you, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even related to. At least at least when you were her sister, well, I was like, okay. Granted, okay, yeah. granted though, in her defense, <laughs> he did kind of zero in on her in the first movie as opposed to the other kids. Yeah. He definitely wanted to kill all of them, but he seemed like particularly stocky towards her. Because she yeah. was the main character, and he knew that. He knew that? That was told to him? <laughs> yeah. That's meta. Well, I liked how in the first one, like you mentioned this earlier, like, as a standalone movie, it's just creepy to think about. Like, it's about a guy who broke out of the hospital and is stalking babysitters on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. So I think he was equally stalking Annie and Laurie, um, and the other one who was PJ Souls. Yeah, yeah. But he just got to them like one at a time, and Laurie just ended up being last. I guess. I right. right. <laughs> yeah. You don't think he spent a little more time on her? Like he's in her backyard <laughs> and he's true. like standing outside her classroom. And you're right. And and part of that might be because she came to his house and she was the one who like came oh, up to the door because her dad was a realtor yeah, selling the Myers yeah. house. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but so many people have been. I mean, those other two dudes were living in the house, weren't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it. don't you think it, at that point it's a little bit more about them at that point? Yeah, that's why he came to them in this way. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that they had the house like renovated and stuff and that they knew that that had happened there and they're kind of like into it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like kind of part of the appeal. I saw a funny meme today that was like, Michael admiring all the renovations that Big John and Little John did on the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Kids this summer, I bet, instead of playing Marco Polo, will play Big John, Little John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big John. Little, Little John. John. <laughs> when I saw it in theaters, the whole crowd was like dying laughing during those parts. How about when you saw it at the Senator? Was there a lot of crowd participation no, just throughout really. the whole movie? No, no. There was well, a you, lot. Saw it, you saw it in Towson. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. saw it at the Senator. Yeah. A little yeah. bit different. A little different. A little different. Yeah. Yeah. More, uh... Right, and yeah. I saw like a late a late night show, and re- there really weren't that many people there. Honestly, wow. I thought I was gonna have to like reserve tickets and everything, and I kept yeah. checking the site, and it's like, no, eh, there's plenty available. So I actually going back to the H two O thing, I actually this is like an unpopular opinion. I think I think H two O was a better reunion film than 2018. Mm. I agree. Um, because and it, I might be biased because I I told you I grew up with all the, like the 90s slashers sure. based on my age, so. Maybe I just love that style mm-hmm. of like the '90s mm-hmm. slashers, but I just thought it was a better. Yeah, I liked it. I liked Josh Laurie. Hartnett had a better haircut. Oh, I love yeah. he was cooler man. than the oh, cool whoever Jay's the hot guy about. in this movie was. Right. Yeah, he had a hotter hot guy. Who was the yeah. hot guy in this movie? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the escaped mental patient. <laughs> um, another thing I was going to point out is like you know. Speaking of like the different eras of slasher movies, mm-hmm. I just realized when you were talking like there's Halloween's probably the only franchise that covers the entire like board. It goes, you know, like the first era was like kind of the the gritty 70s, early 80s feel, very mm-hmm. simple, you know. And then like towards the late 80s, it became way more over the top and mm-hmm. like not scary at all and like a lot shinier and, and clear, you know, it lost that grit. And it was all about the monster, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the early 90s was kind of like the we have no idea what to do with these characters era where they made like Jason Goes to Hell where he's like jumping bodies and uh, New Nightmare where it's like in the real world. and and, and like I uh, love that movie though. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I don't know oh, why love everybody it. loves that one. I think it's <laughs> Wait, so we late. watched that recently. Which one? The really meta Nightmare on Elm Street where oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about the actors that were in the movie but then... Freddy's coming after them. It was very Wes Craven. It was very. It was like his precursor to Scream. I think being it's very just meta. so lame. Like it's just, the, <laughs> it's just they could have done a lot with that. Yeah, that idea, but it's just so. I don't know. Just felt like a Lifetime movie or something. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but, it was definitely it was definitely hokey, but I think you know that was really probably one of the first. I I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but was that not one of the first attempts at that? Like kind of angle so. and horror, so. meta, yeah. So which it's, is what yeah, I liked about it's it. like you know, like for a first trial run for a beta version of what eventually took taking that into making it scream. Yeah, you know, which did you like scream? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I'm I kind of like not as a mega fan as a lot of horror fans are of it, but yeah. But just like that was like the original like what if we did this type right, of right. thing with a movie I yeah. I can appreciate it yeah, being I a little that he weird. Yeah, I tried something different. Yeah, but uh, I still just think it's so lame. <laughs> yeah, um, but sorry, keep going. But then so there was the so then 90s. after that era in like that that early nineties kind of almost direct to video feel for a lot of them. You know, yeah, like Jason yeah. goes to hell and Freddy's dead and Child's Play three. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you had like the scream, like revived everything. So then you had like mm-hmm. all the scream kind of ripoffs in the late nineties, yeah, um, including you know 
I would even put like Freddy versus Jason into that. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and even H two O came yeah. right oh, after. Oh, H two O definitely. I mean, there would have been no H two O without Scream. That was like the Scream version of Halloween. Absolutely. Which is probably why I like liked it. Chucky, Bride of Chucky, and all those like mm-hmm. kind of meta horror. Yeah. And then you had like the age of the remakes. Like the yes. OOs were all about the remakes. Yep. And uh, and now you kind of have the legacy sequel era. You know, yes. where they finally realized like fans, and not just in horror, like you know, Rocky, Star Wars. Like they've realized fans don't want a spin-off. They don't want a meta thing. They don't want a prequel. They want to find out what happened to these characters later. They the want the same a characters. Right, yeah. right. While paying homage to the old ones. And speaking of Rocky, I really feel like as far as me- as the legacy sequels go, uh Cre- the Creed and or Rocky Balboa, Creed and Creed Two are probably the best example of those. You know what I mean? Where like they they don't try to capture the gritty simplicity of like the original Rocky. Hmm. But they also don't take it to the absurdity of like Rocky Four and Rocky Three, Rocky Five, where he's just the big final fight is just him yeah. fighting a dude in the street. Well, that's when they <laughs> that's what that was their attempt to take it back to a very simple character study, and they failed miserably. Yeah. So it seems to me in, in Halloween, I feel like kind of copied that formula of 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 the Creed movies, where it's like it's not completely ridiculous. Like there's a little bit of drama and character development and, st- and everything, but it's still like a big, bright, flashy picture with like lots of action. You mm-hmm. know, I like that term legacy sequel. Yeah. And there's definitely yeah. a, definitely a palpable type of, you know, the other thing that the OOs were big on was the parody movies, you know, like right. the, the movies uh, that were making fun of a genre of movies, like scary movie kind of started that, but there was all, there was like date movie, like fucking, oh, yeah. I can't even think epic of it, but there was so epic movie, all those kind of things. That was a big thing too. But yes, definitely in the 2010s, and, and it's almost been, well, I guess now we're in the 20s now that I think about it, but you know, the late 2010s, I think that's been a source of uh, a, a type of peeve of mine is that I w- when I went to go see Candyman in the theaters, the more recent Candyman, I saw a preview for a movie and it honestly surprised me to see an original story. Oh yeah. I had gotten uh, yeah. so used to every single movie that comes out is some type of like reboot, yeah. remake, yeah. spin-off. It's more of a guarantee that it'll be successful. Exactly. And yeah. to actually see, you know, a a, a fresh storyline right, right. being tried out by Hollywood would genuinely surprise me. Like I and, and well, A two four I feel like is doing a good job with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all their movies are original. I think I don't think they have any like remakes or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. although I, I guess right. if they do Nosferatu, that'll that'll be one. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you're right. It is like uh, it's just. I, well, I think the whole movie industry is just like you know struggling to get people into theaters outside of the Marvel movies, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the uh, the CGI kids' movies. Well, because, you know, it's just like in the music industry. I mean, you stop taking a chance on, you 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 know, you have like, right. you just have like what you know works, right. and you just keep repackaging yeah. that, repackaging that. Which is that. lame. Yeah, and it's hard when there's that much money yeah. to take a chance on right, something that's right, right. not already proven. Right, exactly. But like I said, for some reason I have like a childhood affinity for those two. You know, like I remember just like staring at it, like being in the horror section of the movie at the video store and just like checking out one, two, three, four, you know, just like checking out all the box covers. Mm-hmm. And that was like part in like eventually part of the appeal of those later movies was like how is Freddy going to come back from the last one, you know, and how are they going to kill him in this one, you know? Like mm-hmm. what's what's the twist going to be? Is Jason going to be in a different location you know there's a Mm -hmm. psychic girl you know sometimes the formulaity of it it can be 
fun for some reason. Oh, it's me, definitely you know fun. I mean? And it's definitely like, you it's know what's gonna like, happen in Creed too. It's like coming home almost. Uh, I don't know how to describe the nostalgia effect, but like the fact that the Halloween storyline is still ongoing and the characters that you grew up with are still relevant or popping up, it almost is a connection to your childhood that mm -hmm. still exists. Mm -hmm. Whereas it it keeps that part of yourself alive. You know, right. when a new Halloween movie comes out and you're back in Haddonfield, it's like, you know, it, you, don't, you don't want that to ever go away. Sure. Because that's a whole, you know, for 43 years, there's always the Halloween series. And it's still going. And I, I, I totally, I totally respect that. And it's not, I like, I do like the idea of the legacy sequel, as you call it. But like I said before, I think that, you know, if we're going to have these like things that pop up like in the 90s with the, this type of movie and in the 2000s with this type of thing and the 2010s with that type of thing, I would really hope that the next phase of that is kind of taking all those elements into one and right. saying like, okay, what, what people want is not a completely new story based off of the original concept because we want to see that we want certain Easter eggs about the previous timelines mm. and things like that. But to take the elements of that that we know work and then expand upon it in a way that hasn't been done before uh -huh. that i mean look if you're not going to create if if the if the vibe of of 2020 the decade is going to be trying to pump out stuff that we already know works because hollywood doesn't want to take a chance on something that they don't know works at the very least take the thing that you know works and do something different with it. You can't just keep on pumping out the same movie mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. 3 years. That's what gets me, right. you know? So mm. Well, I, I'm really hoping that we see like a renaissance in in movies in general in the coming decade or so because anybody can make one now, really. I mean, the the, the new smartphones, like they sure. look better than movies from like 12 years ago in a lot of ways, yeah. you know. And I, I hope people really embrace that in in like you know if if budget isn't a huge concern. Mm -hmm. As as the technology improves, I mean, probably in ten years we'll be able to create our own like CGI, you know, effects and stuff on our mm -hmm. phone. Um, I hope that that leads to like a creativity kind of renaissance and mm -hmm. really, you know, really captures all that talent that's out there that's just never had the the time or, or money to uh, to invest in a project. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about TikTok. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like making little short films, and right. it's the algorithm. It's so easy to go viral. So like mm -hmm. the virality potential for like just a nobody filmmaker in wherever you right, live right, is like yeah. it's kind of interesting. Yeah, God, there's I a lot really of crap on there too. But. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have uh, one last confession here. This is a long one and a very interesting one, in my opinion. Uh, this is from Bill Purcell, Wo Wollongong, Australia. Wow. I believe our first ever Australian submission, Jimmy. Oi, mate. <laughs> nice. Uh, should I read in an Australian accent? Uh, yeah. Is that racist? Good night, <laughs> no, they're uh, white. Halloween kills. Catchphrase seems to be evil dies tonight. And it's this blind hate that seems to be what the chapter is about. From Michael's unmotivated killings to the townspeople that are in such a rage that they don't bother to listen to someone who's telling them that they're chasing and ultimately killing an innocent man in a hospital. Evil Dies Tonight became an ironic chant for them as when they surrounded Myers later and brutally beat, shot, and maim him. They themselves become what they hate the most. When Mike recovers from the onslaught, he demonstrates that evil indeed died tonight as he slices, dices, pummels his attackers. The old adage, violence breeds violence, seems to be the message. 
Halloween Kills is essentially a movie that is about gruesome murders and suspense, but it also is telling us something about ourselves. If we're bullied at school or work, we always want some compense for compensation. Mm, Compensense is that compense? I don't know. This might uh, be the Australian yeah, be. dialect coming right, right, through. Right. Compensation. <laughs> <laughs> we may have some thoughts of violence, but never do it. But the thoughts are there. Australia has this reputation of this rough as guts attitude, and our descendants were convicts, etc. But we have art, music, dance, like every culture. We love our beer, and even find in some even like a good fight at the pub once a week. <laughs> if you don't have a strong, manly handshake, you're considered someone not to be trusted. A Sheila. When people react out of fear and hate, we can turn into the monsters. I don't want to say this movie is high art, but it was interesting what they snuck in there amongst what we might consider mindless carnage. Foster's rules. No, he didn't say that last one. <laughs> no, that, was, that was a really good... Uh, conf- that, that might go into Confession Hall of Fame, Jimmy. Yeah, I think so. That was a really, really well-written, well-put. Uh, it's interesting how he like, uh, uh, you know, kind of looked at it through the lens of Australian culture. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Do you guys agree with Bill? Is this? Uh, yeah, I guess the, the big question is how how symbolic do you think this movie is? You know, like right. is it? It's weird. You can see it as just like one of the most dunderheaded blood fests of the franchise, or there might be something more there. What do you guys think? I think that. For sure, one of my favorite. If I had to pick out the thing I liked most about this movie, is they really, in terms of 2021 standards, which it's impossible to not do a little bit of it, but they really strayed away from making it like the kind of like overly woke thing, right. overly apparent yeah, symbolism yeah. about some political shit. Right, right, right. Um, which uh, Candyman did a terrible job of. Yeah. Uh, might I say. But, uh, you know, in terms of this one, I really did enjoy that at the very least, I'm just watching a movie and the story is the story and I'm not being lectured about how I'm a piece of shit while I'm watching the movie. Uh, uh Um, Because I wasn't there with you to tell you. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, So I did enjoy that and I was looking for, you know, because, you know, that's how... We've all, that's how I think now because it's just constantly yeah. in everywhere I look. I'm looking for right, when right. they're going to do this and when they're going to do that and when they're going to try to say this without saying it. And really the only thing I could put my finger on was they, they kind of uh, captured that mob mentality yeah. of yeah. like, you know, just nobody, Hysteria. like people are pissed off about something, something's happening, they can't put their finger right. on it. And so they just set their sights on the closest target right, right. and there's no talking them out of it there's yeah. no anything yeah. so in that way it could almost feel like the anti of of the the the, the woke movie which i did phenomenon. actually kind of appreciate i was like mm-hmm. wow are they dare i say uh representing a, an opinion against right. against that right holy yeah. cannoli you know you don't see that every day but um so i did i did actually uh i caught that a little bit but but I think here's the thing, because I'm so used to everything that gets pumped out of Hollywood overtly being against any type of opinion that would be against that. You know what I mean? I almost was I almost settled to just be like, maybe that's just what I'm taking from it. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's not the message they were trying to put out, because I can't imagine Hollywood would try to put out a message against 
right, mob mentality right. and that type of shit. That you know? is interesting. That is maybe it was just inadvertent. Yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed the message about mob mentality, but I, right until now, I didn't think of it as like maybe a response to, uh, you know, and and I think it kind of, I don't think it's like necessarily against woke culture. I think it's just kind of like recognizing that every every movement has its exploiters and it becomes yes. a witch hunt after a while. Mm-hmm. It can be hijacked because the intentions were good. You know, they're yeah. going to kill Michael Myers, but they the the madness of the masses like turns them into, you know, chasing the wrong thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this thing that happened a long time ago in the town mm. that the whole town can't get past, and then it erupts into this. Vi- you could, you could, you could drive a lot from that. The Absolutely. way they kind of yeah. really, yeah. you know, you know. So. And it was cool that they had like I don't know. I liked that it was like it was like I said before. It was just different. You know, it was right. a different approach, different motivation than than most slasher movies. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Alex? I I kind of took the movie at face value when I watched it, mm-hmm. and I almost thought the crowd psychology was just a vehicle to bring the old characters back because mm. otherwise it wasn't realistic of why are they all together uh-huh. um but then i thought okay maybe they're trying to tap into some deeper psychology about like the mob mentality and stuff i didn't take it as deep as some of the confessionals like interpretations but i like them a lot uh-huh. and I, yeah. I hope i actually hope that that's what the right, creators right. were thinking when they were making it yeah i think maybe i just took it as more um literal when i watched it myself yeah i mean it's, and it seems to be split like that and, and honestly it's split for me too like I'm, I'm still like on the fence like where you know either it's this like great metaphorical masterpiece that's like <laughs> yeah. saying um, like brilliant things without you know like uh in, under the guise of of a bunch of brutal killings or mm-hmm. it's uh just a, a really like it's just a horror sequel you know yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. And, you, and i kind of enjoy both too you know like me too and all the negative reviews it's been getting i was like but remember, this is Halloween 12 in a way. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's actually, when you think of it in that way, this one and 2018 are some of the best sequels that have been in the franchise. Yeah. Despite yeah, their I problems. I mean, they're definitely, either, either way you slice it, this, this one is among the more interesting yeah. of the franchise. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, uh, at least there's something going on. You know, they're yeah. creating story, they're creating characters, they're creating a world, you mm-hmm, know, they're mm-hmm. creating mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's honestly what I like about Halloween 6 too. It's like everybody craps on that movie, but it's like mm-hmm. I it was interesting to see them try something, you know. What was that one that they did? What that's was... the completely bug nuts one with the cult. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's that. actually a producer's cut that's much better, in my opinion. I have that. I have a copy of that, too. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, damn, I'm in this. Like, I'm invested yeah. in this, you know? Like, well, and something that I thought about today, because we all really liked seeing Tommy Doyle again in this mm-hmm. new one, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. Halloween 6 was the first time they brought Tommy Doyle back yeah, as yeah. Paul Rudd. Right. Paul and Rudd I love played him. In him. That. He looks yeah. nothing like the kid, but no. I, I love his character in that. And then yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, my God, poor Tommy Doyle. He's... First, he was played by the one, the original actor, who's a child actor who never really acted again after that. Uh-huh. And then Paul Rudd, and now Anthony Michael Hall. I was like, that's an interesting, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that they yeah. keep recasting that character, right, but it right. works. Well, in terms of what we were talking about before, about like, you know, after reading these confessions and, and hearing about how other people interpreted it, I do. I when I was younger, I used to get annoyed with like you'd be talking to like the lead singer of a band, they'd be like, so what's this song about? It's like, well, you know, I can't really. It's not really for me to say what the song's right. about. You know, something like that, where it's like, or like, same thing with like a, yeah. But as I get older and as I start to realize it, it really kind of is like that. It's like, when you watch this re- most recent movie, you're kind of looking for, 
it's almost like it's like a uh, like a trivia, not trivia question, but like everybody's watching this movie and getting a slightly different meaning from it. Whether you're looking at it at, at face value or you're looking at it as like this big meta arc or you're looking at it as like this symbolism of society or whatever and everybody's getting their own thing from it mm-hmm. and then they're all kind of guessing like but but which one was the director's intention mm-hmm. but it almost doesn't matter you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it when you really get down to it it's like whatever when you watch this movie and you take from it what you take from it does it make it more or less valid if that was the intention of the creators well, of the movie? Really, if mm-hmm. you think about it, I, I feel like all the meaning that's been attached to the original Halloween, I don't think they were thinking that when they made it. It's kind of like that English yeah. teacher syndrome where mm. like you're reading Huckleberry Finn and all of a sudden it's about, you know, that's, this other that's shit. That's actually a, a thing that I'm, I'm writing. I kind of want to capture that in where like um, you can find meaning in any mythology. You know yeah. what I mean? You can find like... Uh, you know, people find all these different meanings in the Bible, all the symbolism, metaphors. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of those stories were not meant to be metaphorical, <laughs> you know, like Adam and Eve and stuff. I think they really thought that happened. But people have, like, turned them into these powerful myths with meaning behind them. You know? Yeah, I find, parables. I find you can do that with, like, any any group of stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, probably because there's really only a set under 10 stories that can be told you know what i mean like there's yeah, like very like in reality every story that you watch is some it, it's all based off of this one like common ancestor story this like mm-hmm. prototype archetypal story you know what yeah. i mean so there's really only so many conflicts or whatever that's why people you can look at the bible and see like oh this thing that w- was this weird story about a guy and a goat in a mountain can somehow I'm seeing those same elements in Jacob like and the goat in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Luke book three. But and like, Jacob walked to the mountain with his goat. <laughs> and he was whatever. <laughs> and he and was Lord. And he was whatever. And you know, something about the Lord. Lord some did something. But like you're looking at it, it's like, wow, that's kind of like me and my car and that yeah, hill. Exactly, and you're like, holy exactly. shit. <laughs> was this yeah, a parable? That's actually my, the thing that I'm working on is you know I'm obsessed with Billy the Kid. Yeah. And uh, and I the part of the fascination is is like why am I you know it's like looking at myself yeah and I've kind of come mm. to the conclusion that that's that's somehow taken the place of religion in my in my head where like mm-hmm. I can find meaning in all these different stories associated with yeah. it and the story as a whole and like the kid's almost kind of a deity in a way yeah you know what I yeah. mean and it's like maybe we just need that psychologically yeah yeah and that's why you know it, it's going back to the original point about like with Halloween it's like yeah probably when the original movie was made john carpenter the right whatever did they really envision this whole gigantic realm of of Mm. theories and fan fiction and stories that were going to be catapulted that you as the artist are kind of the catalyst to the public imagination Mm. or the interpreter's imagination so you put out this idea and then from that idea it's a it's an outlet it's a it's it's a conductor to other people's imaginations to then take it a step further. So you're not you're not the arbiter of the story. You're just the 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 initiator of the story. If that if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I do actually kind of looking back, you know, like I said, like it really isn't up to John Carpenter or the people who or anybody who writes a song or makes a movie to say definitively that that's what it means. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I I think there's no one game in town. You know, you can do all sorts of stuff. There can be a movie where the director does have a message and once, you know, like very very clearly has a metaphor that they're going for or whatever. And then there's others where, you know, it it is up for interpretation and maybe that's their intent. You know, like, uh, you know, The Shining, The Lighthouse. I feel like those are like real extreme examples of like, there's no meaning here other than what you take from it. Yes. Yes. Alex, do you have any uh, you, you have any thoughts you want to wrap us up with? Oh my gosh, what did you mean about The Shining just now? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's about um, alcoholism? Y- actually, yeah, I do think that is the main theme. Yeah, but I think the the structure of it is made in a way where it is intentionally setting up different uh, interpretations of it. You know, there's things. Totally. It's not clean. You know, like it's not a clear cut story about alcoholism yeah, and yeah. about that desire to you know, um, return to a life of like partying, you know, and, and not having family responsibilities. Yeah. That's definitely that, that in alcoholism is by coincidence, that is the main one that I've always kind of thought with yeah. that movie. Um, but I think it's like, you know, it's like, okay, then what does Danny shining have to do with anything? You know, like That's there's, true. there's all these things like put in there that like, like why is Wendy seeing ghosts at the end? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, so like, I, I think he intentionally, and the lighthouse is the same way. There's like several different kind of themes going on at once. That you know? one was bonkers to me. I yeah, feel like I couldn't pinpoint what. Right. You know. Right. I mean, like, right. I saw yeah, lots all of these things, theories, but, like that they're yeah. they're in uh, uh, they're in uh, uh, what's it called purgatory. Yeah. Or yeah. like the 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 younger guy is the same person as the older guy. Or like, oh, I haven't heard that one. That's yeah. Cool. There's all kinds of theories on it. Um, what what was your take from it? You you couldn't find one or. It wasn't my favorite. I didn't love it as much as everyone did. Uh-huh. I didn't. What was um, was it the witch that that guy did yeah, first? Yeah. I loved the witch. Yeah, me too. I liked that movie a lot. I didn't love the lighthouse as much. Really? I don't know why. I thought. I think I like it better, honestly. Everybody does. I'm I'm always in the the minority among like the horror. Now, a community. lot of people did not like it for sure. I thought it was a little pretentious. The way that it was shot yeah. as a square, right, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just was a little repetitive throughout, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was trying to find like a. I don't know, a pacing or a sure. climax or something. Yeah, um, yeah. But I love the lore that that, that that guy loves to go into. Like, he loves mm. going into, like, the old-timey right, folklore right. and yeah. New England. And, like, uh-huh. I love that part of it. Yeah, he's like, I, meticulous with his research. I love how well-researched he is. Mm. Yeah, I just What's didn't his name again? love it as much as... Robert Eggers. Eggers, Robert Eggers. Yeah. yeah. He's making The Norseman right now with Willem Dafoe. I'm like really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Is that going to take yeah. place in, like, Viking era? Yeah. Oh, fuck Iceland. yeah. Yeah, that would probably be really cool. The girl from The Witch is in it. It's going to be amazing. When is that set to release? We talked about this with CJ Ramon during quarantine when you weren't here, Jimmy. Oh, no. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think probably like next year or something. Speaking of CJ Ramon, shouts out to the Ramones for... Uh, writing my favorite Halloween song, Pet Cemetery. Great song. Love that. We do that with the song. Misfits cover band. It's Dude, great. Cool. I do that too, and I feel like nobody knows it. <laughs> yeah, I always should. play it at my gigs during Halloween, and people are like, Who's yeah, I, I like this song. Best. I never heard it. Yeah. Look it up, dude. It's a good song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look in the encyclopedia. <laughs> Alex, do you have any uh, closing thoughts on Halloween Kills? Halloween Kills, I have to say, I thought it was phenomenal overall, mm-hmm. and like, I see all the flaws with it. If I had never seen the original Halloween movies as much as I have, I would probably be like, this movie isn't really that well paced or written or mm. made. But it's like, I got to love it. 
Yeah. I love all the characters. I think I do overall, too. I love the world building. I love seeing the familiar characters right. again. And just real quick, what do you th- what do you hope is in Halloween Kills? Or uh, Halloween Ends? Halloween Ends. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I read that it's going to be a four-year time jump. Really? Yeah. So uh. I've been thinking about that, which I don't know if that was the original plan or if that's just because of COVID delaying this Oh uh, yeah, there is a yeah that would per- put it perfectly right after COVID. It I would guess. put it it would put it perfectly into next year as being real time when it comes right, out next year. Okay. So Michael Myers me wearing two masks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anyway, all that to be said, I've been thinking about okay, so Laurie's not going to be in the hospital anymore. I hope I do hope Laurie's in it more than this one. Uh huh. Um, she, I know Jimmy doesn't want to see her again. <laughs> I'm gritting his teeth over there. I want to see her kick butt again, like right. she did in the 2018 one. I, be, I bet this is what's going to happen. I bet it will end with her killing herself along with Michael. I could see that. Yeah, but it is interesting. Like, how are they going to end it? Like, if they've established she can't die or whatever, I like, know. what's what's going to be? And I hope they come up with a really clever, creative, meaningful thing to justify that. You know, right? I hope it's not just like. He's incinerated again, you know, or we chop his his arms off. Or one, I'm wondering if they're gonna set up the daughter Allison mm-hmm. as the new lead for the next trilogy or whatever, right? Because Judy Greer died yeah, at the end of this yeah. one, which was shocking, right? Um, so then I, you might be onto something about Laurie dying, but then is Allison the new lead? Is that gonna be interesting enough? Is she gonna have a new group of friends on the next one? Well, I, well, I mean, what they're telling us now is that this is the end of this. This of this continuity. continuity. Of course, they, I'm sure if it does well, it won't be the end of it. But, right, right. But I do think nowadays you can kill off your monster definitively because you can just do another reboot. You know? True, true. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been a, uh, a great discussion. Thank you so much for coming, Alex. Do you want to tell listeners once again where they can find you and your, uh, yeah. your podcast and whatnot? If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's whodugit. It's like a whodunit, but with two Gs. Um, I do my movie reviews on there and I'm not as active on it. I'm trying to turn it into a podcast one day, but it's just on Instagram right now. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. And, uh, have a happy Halloween and a safe one. Safe. Stay safe out there. Safety first. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.